Did you know you can support your local independent bookstore and me in my efforts to promote books that feature women in aviation by shopping for your next aviatrix read on the Literary Aviatrix website? I built the website to serve as a central source to search and find books featuring women in aviation, and it was important to me to offer you the opportunity to buy from independent sellers. If the book you're interested in is available on bookshop.org, you'll find a link to purchase through my affiliate account on my website, which means I'll receive a small portion of the sale to support the content you love. Blue skies and happy reading. This is Liz Booker with a literary aviatrix waypoint along our journey through stories featuring women in aviation. This one is from season one, episode 41, in my interview with Kristen L. Gray about her book, The Amelia Six, an Amelia Earhart Mystery, which is a fun novel for middle grade readers. And as much as I want young people to be exposed to more than just Amelia Earhart in terms of women in aviation, you have to hand it to Amelia She is a fascinating character, and I keep learning new and interesting facts about her. I recently had the pleasure of speaking at a local Zonta International meeting. Zonta will be 102 years old this year, and their missions include advocating for gender equality, ending gender-based violence, ending child marriage, and expanding access to education for women and girls. Well, Amelia was a member of Zonta. And each year, the organization celebrates Amelia Earhart Month, and they offer a scholarship for women who are pursuing doctoral degrees in aerospace subjects. If you know anybody who might benefit from that, send them to zonta.org for information. In the Amelia 6, Kristen does a really great job of incorporating some fun facts about Amelia, also the history of the 99s, And what I love about it is that she juxtaposes it with modern day STEM activities for kids. One of the things that I thought you did really well in this book, and it's something that um, even just at the beginning of my writing journey, I knew I wanted to do well. And it was a focus when I went through my master's program of making sure that I was able to do that is kind of teaching while you're writing without being heavy handed about it. And, And the way that you crafted this book so it's it starts off with a scavenger hunt once they get settled in the house and everything. And they're given these questions that they have to hunt around the house about Amelia and her trip and, and not just the trip, but other things, too. And they have to hunt around the house um, for clues about how to answer them. And I thought that was a really clever way to share the history without being heavy handed about it. Oh, thank you. Well, and you had asked me earlier, like, what surprised me as I was researching? Well, I had no idea. Of course, I loved that she was a nurse. I had no idea Amelia Earhart was a nurse. And um, and during the Spanish flu epidemic of, you know, 1918, she lived in Toronto. And, and she would, and that's, she was actually in medical school for a little while at, at Columbia. And I had no idea. And then just the... Um, of course, I knew being a woman at a time where women were not in aviation, there were bound to be countless hurdles. But just what they had to go through and the sabotage, the rumors of sabotage at the first national air race, having this and how ingenious and resourceful these women were 
filtering the fuel through their nylon stockings. I love that. I'm like, oh my goodness, I have to work that into the book somehow, even though these, you know, kids today might not even know what stockings are, nylon, you know, hose. but I just thought that's incredible. And then Amelia crash landed in Arizona, a cactus poked through her wing. And so she took her sewing knowledge and then literally patched her wing back together with a needle and thread. It's just amazing to me. Yeah. Those are such great details. And I loved also that you included the 99s, which still exists, as you know, because you, you met um, some of them locally. What did you learn from them? I mean, you, you kind of talk about the history in the book, which is really cool. So kids have that too. It is amazing. And well, and the scholarship opportunities that they offer for young women, um, it's just so important. And it's just so inspiring to hear their stories and how they each come to aviation in different ways. You know, some might have family members or some are just a childhood curiosity, kind of, you know, like what I experienced with Amelia. Um, it's just really fun. Everyone's story is as personal and as unique as they are. Yes, thank you. That is uh, sort of a pillar of all of the things I'm doing right now, um, mm-hmm. both sharing the stories that have already been written uh, yes. by by pilots from diverse backgrounds, women in aviation, but also encouraging those women who have those incredible stories, especially sort of our, we call them our unintentional pioneers, to mm-hmm. find a way to tell that story either themselves or to find somebody to help them write it. So that's kind of the whole the whole point of all this. So I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I loved um, Millie's character. She's a quirky little girl. She likes her little Rubik's, Rubik's Cube. She does these... Um, competitions with that and she's always carrying it around. I thought that was a really fun um, little detail about her and made her very interesting. I think this book um, would appeal to, well, I mean, it appealed to my son who's nine years old. Uh, he loved it. Um, and then, you know, kids, it also kind of encourages STEM mm-hmm. indirectly. You don't even know what's happening. Again, you're teaching without doing it um, overtly. So I love that. And that was kind of Amelia's big MO, if you will, at Purdue. You know, she was on staff there, adjunct faculty, and lived in the dorm even. I can't imagine having her as kind of a dorm mom. Um, but that was her, you know, her reason for being there was to, was to push or to help promote the female students into engineering and science and math. And, and I will say the uh, Rubik's Cube competition are based on my second born, my son. Um, some people, you know, travel for baseball or whatnot. We traveled for Rubik's Cube competitions. He competed regionally and nationally. And so lots of the uh, little tidbits where he could, you know, solve one one-handed in 15 seconds are actually based on my kid who's now in college. Um, but we would go to these competitions and there'd be maybe 300 middle school boys. And then off to the side, there'd be two girls sitting at a table giggling by themselves, waiting for their turn, their event or their heat to compete. And I will never forget. In fact, I kind of snuck a picture of this one girl in her little hoodie and ponytail. And I thought, I want to know her story. I want to write a book for them, for those girls. And so, and that's, and that's about the same time. And this might answer a question earlier, but it's about the same time that we took the road trip to Kansas, to the house. And so I just thought, I wonder if I could merge, you know, mesh the two ideas. And that's one thing I think with writing, it's so important to tell your stories and not, so many times we let fear stop us. Yes. But I don't know who else 
would have thought to merge Rubik's speed cubing with Amelia Earhart, right? But that's just what happened to be going on in my life at the time. And the more I dug, the more I found out that, hey, Amelia wanted girls and STEM and STEAM. So I thought, why not? And so that's it's perfect. How, it's that's perfect. It's relevant. It's relatable. My son certainly related to it because he runs around okay. with his Rubik's Cube. And I'm sure the little girls out there will be picking up their Rubik's Cubes too because of it. That's so fun. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so too. 